All right, everybody, time for episode three of Lay the Juice. I'm your host, Sam Maxwell. You can find me on Twitter at smaxwell713. This is episode three on the new Believe Podcast Network. You can find us at believe.com, at Believe Podcast. I'm joined, as always, by my colleague, my co-host, Darren Sai. How are you doing this evening, Darren? Sam, I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Absolutely. So, Obviously, we came to the conclusion of the college basketball season, which is always a very sad day in the sports calendar for me. No college sports until, of course, late August. But now we're moving on into the pros of basketball. The NBA playoffs start on Saturday. The NBA regular season concluded last night. And it's going to be a fun postseason. I think everyone expects the Warriors, obviously, uh, to cap off that three-peat. But there's a lot of intrigue this year, Darren. I don't think they have as much of a percentage of chance of winning it all as they have in the last couple of years. What do you think? I would definitely agree. And I think that the consensus is that this is going to be a really exciting first round. I think we're going to see some upsets. There should be a couple series that go to six or seven games. It's not just going to be the standard one sweeps eight in four games, two sweeps seven in four games, stuff like that. It's, it's a little bit more competitive, especially with the West, right? We had five or six teams with over 50 wins this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was very competitive all the way to the final day. Um, there's teams scrapping it out for seeds and obviously on the East, uh, the eight seed was decided on the, on the very final night last night. So absolutely, uh, it was competitive and you know, we've never seen obviously the East this wide open. LeBron James has made uh, every NBA final. I think it's nine in a row, right? So it's been, uh, a long, long time since, I think it was eight in a row, actually, since LeBron James uh, was not in the Eastern Conference, not only playoffs, but of course, he will not be making a finals appearance this year either with the Lakers not making the playoffs in his inaugural season there. Uh, did you ch- catch any of that Magic Johnson presser, by the way? But not to get too off track here and talk about the Lakers, a, a non-playoff team, but that was one of the most absurd pressers I've ever seen in my entire life. No, I could not watch it. I read about it, and as a Laker fan, I could not be more sad for the Laker organization. It's an embarrassing episode for a very historic franchise, a a remarkable day, truly. If you haven't seen it, go check out that entire presser. Uh, Magic was speaking completely off the cuff, answering every question. He was emotional. He could not speak to Jeannie face-to-face. He did it to the media first. None of the players, none of the executives, nobody seemed to know, not even Magic, I don't think, seemed to know uh, this was going to happen until the day of that. And it was just an amazing 40 minutes of television. So I highly recommend you go and check that out. Some uh, administrative stuff here. If you do enjoy this show, please give us a subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeart, or wherever you prefer to get your podcast from. And of course, if you enjoy it, it would mean a lot to both Aaron and I if you can review and give us five stars. Again, you can find me, Sam Maxwell, at smaxwell713 on Twitter. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast. Without further ado, Darren, I think we should dive into the NBA playoff matchups. What do you think? I think that if Magic Johnson is listening to this, we should invite him on. We'd love yeah, to Magic, talk I, some I NBA playoffs lot. with you. Yeah, you have a lot of stuff on your plate. He's a businessman. He's an NBA ambassador. He said he wants to get back to tweeting. He wants to get back to being uh, that kind of star father figure for some of these players, uh, which was uh, ridiculous to hear, I think. But, uh, you know, everyone's got to do what's best in their personal life. Magic, if you do have just a little bit of extra time, you want to come on, you can talk some sports with us. You can talk some bets with us. We can talk Los Angeles with you. Uh, we'd love to have you on. And that goes for really any former NBA All-Star, Hall of Famer, anyone who wants to come on and talk. You have an open invitation. Isn't that right, Darren? Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Now that we made that plug, uh, let's go on. Let's dive right into it. We're going to start in the West with, of course, the defending champion 
Golden State Warriors. They had another remarkable run. Uh, if you remember, Darren, last year they were on a skid heading into the playoffs. Everyone kind of thought, wow, is this actually going to happen? Is someone going to beat them? And, of course, they almost did lose to the Rockets. And if that injury doesn't happen, Chris Paul, we never know what's going to happen. Um, but what I learned last year is that it, it's kind of meaningless, ultimately, how a team is playing at the end of the season. You know, if you saw the, the players that were starring this last couple of weeks, these players obviously are in the G League most of the year. They're rookies. They're just starting to get some playing time. So I think it's important that we say this up front, that to not overreact how teams play down the stretch. Uh, the Orlando Magic, for example, one of the hottest teams down the stretch in the entire league. I don't think any of us... The Nets. The Nets. The Nets are super hot too, right? Exactly. So... Let, let's just say that before we get started here. Golden State Warriors, obviously the number one overall seed in the West. Uh, and before we talk and kind of dismiss the Clippers, I just want to say this. They were picked to win 33 games. Doc Rivers deserves all kinds of consideration for coach of the year. They have really the top two players in sixth man of the year in Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell. This Clipper team plays really hard. Uh, we're going to probably dismiss them after this, but I just want to applaud them for an extremely impressive season. I did not see this coming. They were the last team in L.A. to be standing, and they have some incredible things coming their way in the future. I think their executive team is amongst the best in all of sport. Absolutely. I they do are... fully expect them to to land one of these big free agents this summer. I think we'll see them uh, in, in a top seed next year in the West. I mean, they are a well-oiled organization right now. Right? Absolutely. I mean, Steve Ballmer has done a great job. I think he took what he learned at Microsoft and applied it to kind of finding the right people and not micromanaging them, but just being there supporting them and, and really supporting have, them to have Jerry West, you know, the Midas of the NBA on your side. Well, that's what I'm saying. Right. He, he found, he sought out Jerry West and doc rivers and he kind of let them do what they do best. Well, to be fair, Doc Rivers was already there, but removing the present GM title, making him just a coach again, you can see he's had so much fire, so much more fun this right. year. Obviously, he just recently resigned. So right. the Warriors, obviously, the league's number one offensive team. They just barely edged out the Rockets, uh, but they're actually all the way down at number 11 defensively overall. I mean, this Warriors team, when they first came to be, obviously, they're known for their shooting and their fun-loving nature, uh, but they were a defensive team first. That's how they kind of made their hay originally under Coach Kerr, and that team defensively is, is very versatile. Um, however, it's worth mentioning that the starting five, the all-star lineup of Curry, Cousins, Thompson, Durant, uh, and Draymond Green, obviously, since Cousins came back, they allow just 95.1 points per 100 possessions after the all-star break, making it the best defensive lineup amongst all that played at least 100 post-break minutes. So this defensive core, this if this starting lineup that they have now, the boogie is healthy, uh, is extremely good good which is going to make a huge huge difference um i don't think the clippers have what it takes to even win one game in this series darren i'm curious to hear your thoughts maybe they sneak one out at home they're going to play hard these games are going to be closer than you think i do think the clippers are going to be a good bet to cover as an underdog because these spreads are going to be so high because both these teams can score despite what i just said about the defensive lineup there for the warriors i do have the warriors advancing i'm sure you do as well but i think they're going to sweep this one i have warriors in four as well i think they just have too much talent they're going to be you know conscious of trying to not play as many games. So they, exactly. they're just going to take care of every game. And they are a battle-tested team who's been here. They are experienced. No kidding. They understand what it takes to win a championship. Now, it's worth mentioning, the last time the Warriors lost, except for that of finals, of course, to Cleveland, was to these Los Angeles Clippers coached by Doc Rivers that 20, I believe it was 14 season or 13 season, um, which they won. It was a great first-round series. The Clippers won it in seven. I believe that was the, the Donald Sterling um, saga as well. So yep. it's an interesting little tidbit. Of course, we both had the Warriors advancing. We both had them sweeping. So let's move on to the second series. We got the upstart Denver Nuggets led by Nikola Jokic. I deserve 
I think deserves a, a, some consideration for MVP. He should finish at least fourth uh, in, in the MVP voting. Now, if you remember, the Nuggets actually missed out on the playoffs on the very final day of the regular Last season, year? exactly a year ago. Um, so it's great to see them rise up the ranks here. They had a great season. And, um, and I'm interested to hear your thoughts there. You know, it's the, the brand new Nuggets who have been in the playoffs in a few years going up against, of course, the old guard, San Antonio Spurs, a different new look Spurs. But of course, the one constant still remains, of course, coach Greg Popovich. I like the Spurs in six here. I think the experience is going to really help them. I also believe I, I, you know, I do think it's tough uh, to go play in Denver, but I think the Spurs and Popovich will be well prepared and they'll have the right systems in place. The thing that worries me about the Spurs, though, is scoring. I don't know that they'll be able to score against this Nuggets defense. This Nuggets defense is one of the league's top defenses, and the Spurs at times have shown, you know, struggles offensively. But, you know, LaMarcus and DeRozan are both playoff experienced guys uh, who are going to be able to find ways to win close games. There's absolutely something to be said for, you know, the experience not only Rick Popovich has, the players have themselves, of course, there's not a lot of experience on that Denver team uh, in its entirety. Of course, Isaiah Thomas is there, but he's not going to play too many minutes. Um, but, you know, obviously the fans as well. You're, you're going to go to Denver, you're going you're gonna to hear this raucous environment that haven't been in the in a long time. They have home court advantage. You know, for the Spurs fans, this is however many years in a row. I think they've only missed the playoffs four times in, in the last 50 years. Um, so these Spurs fans have seen, you know, playoff basketball their entire lives, depending on how old they are. I do think the Nuggets have a depth advantage. They have a very deep rotation. Um, you know, guys like Malik Beasley and Monty Morris have covered up some of the injuries that they've had. Uh, and obviously Gary Harris is kind of disappearing a little bit as well. And I think they do have a significant size advantage as well with Jokic, Millsap, and, and Plumlee all uh, 6'10 or above going up against for the Spurs, really just LaMarcus Aldridge and Jakob Pertl as well. Um, now, this is a, a great, great stat that I found uh, from our friends at CBS Sports Network. Nuggets were 13 points, 13.1 points per 100 possessions better at home than they were on the road. That's the league's biggest home road differential. The second biggest, believe it or not, belonged to the Spurs, 10.5 points per 100 possessions. They're also 1-11 on the road against the other seven Western Conference playoff teams, allowing 120 points per possession in those 12 games. So essentially, we want to bet the home teams throughout this series. I think they're going to win every single game. And it's going to correlate with the overs in Denver, of course. As I just mentioned, they scored significantly better at home. And the Spurs defense is significantly worse on the road. And the opposite effect is going to happen, I think, in San Antonio, where the Spurs defense is going to be excellent. And the Denver offense isn't going to be quite as good. Um, so that. Being said, I do have this going to seven games, and I have the Nuggets advancing. I think this is going to be a series in which we see every single home game go to that team. Uh, it's going to be a fun series. It's going to be a, a kind of a different series than we're used to seeing. Um, so I'm, we're going to already disagree there. I have the Nuggets advancing over the Spurs. I think that's what most people would say. It's, it's going to be a fun series, though. For, for like I mean, it's said, a two versus seven, right? So we would expect yeah. the Nuggets to move on. Exactly, and they have. I think. I think honestly, Game Seven in altitude in Denver with the excitement um, is is going to be what pushes it over the top. But I just want to remind everyone: bet on the home teams, bet the overs in Denver, and bet the unders in San Antonio. Moving on. Disclaimer: now, go. Sam's family's from Denver, also. <laughs> okay, moving on to the third series in the Western Conference: the three seed, the Portland Trailblazers, made a rapid advancement in the final two days to get that three seed. They're going to play host to Oklahoma City, who had an up and down season with Paul George back. They obviously have one of the best one-two punches in the league. 
Give me your thoughts on this series, Darren. I hate to say it because Damian Lillard is my favorite player in the league, but so- I I like the Thunder in six, and it, it actually like breaks my heart to say that. But they have their two offensive guys, you know, PG-13 and Russ, and I don't think the Blazers can match the firepower offensively between those two guys. And the Thunder are such a physical team, and we kind of saw it last year with the Blazers. They're – you know, their one-two punch of Dame and CJ are a little undersized. So if jump shots are not falling for them, the Blazers can really struggle. The Thunder have just so much size and so much length. I think that's going to be a major issue for the Blazers. I think our, our thing is going to line up very closely in this series. I also have the Thunder advancing in six. Um, you know, it's, it's worth mentioning again that both teams had complete embarrassments last year in the first round. Uh, first round flameouts. They're anxious to be back. They're anxious to prove themselves. On, on this big stage. I think Dame Lillard and Russell Westbrook are very, very similar chip on their shoulder kind of players that have, you know, been excellent players for a long time. You haven't really seen them really make their mark too much in the postseason. Obviously Westbrook made a finals, but um, I think, you know, both these players, I feel like are probably, they feel like they're disrespected. Um, this is only one of two series in the first round to feature top five offense versus a top five defense. The Blazers rated number three offensively and the Thunder, of course, number four defensively. The Thunder led by both Westbrook uh, and George, obviously extremely active defensively under coach Billy Donovan. Uh, they led the league in steals per game. They led the league in deflections per game. Um, and that's obviously off the strength of that duo, which, which lead the league of any two players combined as well. The Thunder swept this season series. The biggest concern for Oklahoma City is obviously the health of Paul George. He really struggled down the stretch there. There was a time in February where we thought he was knocking on the door of that MVP conversation legitimately as a third oh, candidate. Yeah. And, Definitely. and you know, I really thought he could surge ahead and kind of be considered with both Harden uh, and, of course, who I think is going to win it, uh, the Greek freak Giannis. Um, but PG-13 has that shoulder problem, and we'll see how healthy he is. I mean, he just hit that game winner against the Rockets. He's clearly feeling okay he can play through pain but you know when you're going up against a high energy team uh the difficulty to defend like the blazers you really need your star players at full strength um on the other side of course the blazers are dealing with injuries of their own of course losing joseph nurkic um, to an injury last month uh, i mean obviously they have ns Cantor, who was on the bio market now starting he's a great offensive player but defensively uh he is a huge liability and, and no, no team obviously knows that better than his former teammates with oklahoma city um, one final thought here, which I think kind of illustrates exactly why we both think the Thunder are going to advance. Uh, Damian Lillard um, scored 1.02 points per possession as a pick-and-roll ball handler, which is the best mark of any 43 players that average at least five of those possessions per game, per synergy. Uh, the Thunder defense, meanwhile, allowed just 0.79 points per possession as pick-and-rolls, which was the second-best mark in the league. So what the Blazers do best offensively. The Thunder matched that with elite defense. So we both have the Thunder advancing in six to go on to the next round. And the final series in the Western Conference, this is actually the second of those two that I mentioned that feature a top five offense versus a top five defense. I'm sure you're going to know which side is which for this series, Darren. Rockets and Jazz. I'm going with the Rockets in seven. So I think home court advantage here will play a little bit of part uh, in their advantage I think it's really tough to go to Utah and play successfully, but the Rockets did blow the Jazz out in Utah, but that was more so the Jazz offense being really stagnant and struggling. So yeah, I like Harden, CP3, and uh, Clint Capella here in seven. All right, so we're going to agree again. I actually have this being a slightly easier series for the Rockets. I think they're going to close it out in altitude in Salt Lake in six. Now, again, these two teams 
met last year. It was a 4-1 Rockets win. Uh, Donovan Mitchell missed game five in that series after having a really a stellar rookie postseason. He was just phenomenal in that first series that they played a year ago against the Thunder. Um, as you mentioned, obviously, strength on strength. The Rockets finished just barely as the number two offensive league behind the Warriors. The Jazz, as they've been for a long time now, are a stalwart on defense, the number two defense uh, in the league. The Rockets scored just 99 points per 100 possessions in the regular season against these Jazz, which is the fewest that that the Rockets had scored against any Western Conference opponent this season. Harden actually was an efficient scorer, um, but his assist-to-turnover ratio was the worst against any opponent this season. So if you're going to bet some sort of player props for Harden's assist, bet the under. If you're going to bet it for the turnovers, bet it over. Um, obviously, the Rockets, as is well documented this year, were banged up and they closed with, you know, from some veracity there as they played extremely well. Uh, Utah is, you know, missing a couple of key players. Derek Favors is a great player for them. He has back spasms. He's missed four of the last five games. Ricky Rubio has a quad injury. He's also missed for the last five games. How healthy, how effective are we going to see those two key pieces of the Jazz rotation? So I do like the Rockets to move on in five. I think they're going to, I think these games are going to be extremely close. I think they're going to be fun games to watch, but I do think the Rockets are going to be able to just grind this one out and advance in five. Let's keep it in the Western Conference. So we both have the Warriors, of course. Matching up again, a rematch of last year's Western Conference Finals, which the Warriors advanced in seven games. The one that everyone wants to see, Warriors versus Rockets. Give me your rapid-fire quick thoughts on this one. Warriors in five. All right, I'm going to do Warriors in six. I think they win a little easier than last year, but I do think the Rockets uh, will make this very interesting. It's going to be tough to close it out, obviously, on the road for the Warriors. Um, but as is always the case, they have someone who hasn't won a championship Boogie Cousins is this year's version of that. They stay hungry. They're just too talented and have too much going for them uh, as they defeat the Rockets in five. Okay, so this is where we get a little bit different here. I have the Nuggets facing the Thunder. You have the Spurs facing the Thunder. Who do you have advancing of those two teams? I have the Thunder in five, beating Thunder the Spurs. Thunder in five? Okay, yeah. perfect. I have the Thunder squeaking it out against the Nuggets in seven. It's going to be a tough series, again, strength on strength. I think it's going to be very, very similar betting-wise in terms of that First round series for Denver, uh, betting the overs and betting Denver at home and betting the Thunder and betting the unders in Oklahoma City. I just think the Thunder are a little bit better of a team. They're more cohesive. They have more star power, and they get it done. I also so, think they have more experience, which okay. is crucial. So we both have the Warriors facing the Thunder. This is going to be a really fun series if it happens, seeing Kevin Durant go back to Oklahoma City in you know some truly meaningful playoff games will be must-see TV. Give me your thoughts on this series. I think that the Warriors will win in six. I think that Paul George and Westbrook will go off in two games and basically, you know, win those games by themselves. And But other than that, the Warriors are just too, too well-rounded, too much talent. And Boogie gives them that length, that extra size that will help deal with the Thunder's physicality. I have the Warriors sweeping the Thunder. I think they're going to go out there and make a statement winning all four games Ooh. handily. Covering all four games, I think that this might be the easiest of the four series uh, for the Warriors, and it'll be their second sweep to me. So we both have the Warriors coming out of the Western Conference, which is of no surprise to anyone. They are one to three uh, to win the Western Conference. They are, of course, one to two to win the championship. So let's move on and talk about the East, where we have uh, one of the most exciting teams, I think, in the entire NBA, the Milwaukee Bucks, the number one seed, um, who had you know a tremendous improvement under coach Mike Budenholz this year facing the Detroit Pistons give me your handicap on this series Bucks and four there's no Blake Griffin potentially Blake Griffin is banged up right now 
Um, I think the biggest question for this one for me is who's going to defend Giannis? I mean, you have Drummond, who's too big and too slow. He's going to probably get into foul trouble. Griffin, as you mentioned, is banged up. He's not going to be able to stay with Giannis. And if he does, he's going to get in tremendous foul trouble. Um, Thawne Maker, baby. You know, Thawne Maker, you know, has has experience defending him in practice, obviously being with the Bucs previously. But I think Giannis is just going to absolutely explode. If you're going to bet player props, Bet the overs on Giannis. You're going to be very happy. I took him in our playoff fantasy hoops draft, which we'll be able to talk about a little bit later, and I feel tremendous at it. I got him in the fourth overall pick, which I'm sure you're jealous about, with having that sixth pick. Um, the Bucks have the number one defense in the entire league. They're led by MVP Giannis. I think the coach here is going to be Budenholzer this year. And just to show how much they improved from last year to this year with Coach Bud, they increased from the number 18 defense last year, Darren, so below average the entire NBA, to literally the number one defense this year, averaging uh, 4.2 fewer points per 100 possessions, which is a huge increase to the past of 17 teams. So that's my thoughts on that one. I think we got to bet both Drummond and Griffin unders in player props. The Bucks are the number one team in the league, allowing just 29.6 points per game in the restricted area. That's going to show up in those two player props. And the Bucks have some incentives here. They want to end this as fast as possible. They're banged up as well, missing Brogdon, Tony Snell, Nikola Miritich. Uh, they need to rest their players. They're not going to have a long rotation uh, in this series. I think they go for the sweep as well. I think they win that one for nothing. All right, so we're moving on to the second Titan of the East, the Toronto Raptors, led, of course, by first-year head coach Nick Nurse and, strangely, let's say, Kawhi Leonard going up against the Orlando Magic, making their first playoff appearance since 2012. They were hot down the stretch, as we previously mentioned, winning 11 of 13 and 22 of their final 31 since mid-January. Um, give me your thoughts on this one, Darren. I like the Raptors in four. As much as I love Vucevic and Aaron Gordon— I just do not think the Magic have what it takes to compete with the Raptors, to be honest. I think the Raptors have Siakam and Ibaka and Leonard just destroying the Magic on defense. The Raptors are an extremely balanced team. They're going to absolutely manhandle this Orlando Magic. However, I do see the Magic winning Game 4 in Orlando. That crowd's going to be extremely excited after not making the playoffs uh, for the last seven seasons. And they have enough talent where I think they can steal one game. And there's something about the Raptors I don't trust to sweep a team. Um, but we talked about experience before, Darren. How is this for a stat? The Magic starters have combined for 33 playoff games previously. The Raptors, of course, off the strength of Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard, who have both been to multiple NBA finals, have 412 combined starts in the playoffs. That What's is funny is right when you said that, my first thought was Kawhi Leonard is going to win game four by himself. <laughs> I could see him he destroy might. the magic. It, it, it's, it's very much possible. I think the Raptors uh, do drop one game in advance four to one. So moving on to what should be a fun battle of Northeast Metro areas, the Philadelphia 76ers, and the Brooklyn Nets. These were the two worst teams in the NBA just two years ago, Darren. Now we see, of course, the Sixers off the strength of their two young stars and a lot of other health that they got this season going up against the Nets, who it's just like the Clippers. We're going to dismiss them probably very quickly here. They were an absolute NBA purgatory, not having an NBA pit or first pick, excuse me, for many years off the detriment of that trade for both Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. Uh, and they've done an excellent job, um, the GM Marks and, of course, their coach Kenny Atkinson, of rebuilding this team, trading for D'Angelo Russell. Uh, who they basically got for free from the Lakers. And both these teams have a lot to look forward to. The Nets have all kinds of cap space moving forward. I think they're going to get someone really good as well. So let's talk about this one, Darren. I think the Sixers advance relatively easily. I want to hear your thoughts. I have the Sixers in five or six games not really sure 
I just think that the way the Nets are playing, mm-hmm. the way they're moving the ball, the way they're shooting, they have a chance to steal a game or two. And that Brooklyn fan base is going to go wild. It's going to be a madhouse there. It's going to be fun there. It's going to be yeah, fun. It's going to be incredible. They have a good fan base, you know, for being oh, yeah, allegedly absolutely. the second fiddle in that city. Um, you know, Brooklyn is significantly different than Manhattan. They have, you know, completely different feels to it. Their fans are different types of people. The Knicks obviously still have a great fan base, despite the worst owner in all of sports. Um, but the Nets are going to have so much fun, man. That's a fun team. I do think they steal a game from the Sixers, especially if they end up resting Joel Embiid down the stretch, which they might because Elton Brand did express a little bit of concern yesterday with that recent knee injury. But ultimately, you know, the Sixers, despite not having a lot of time to gel with that new lineup, are going to really just be outclassed the Nets. So I have them advancing in five. Any other thoughts on this one before we move on to Celtics at Pacers? Nope. All right. And I misspoke there. Celtics actually have home court. They they overtook the Pacers down the stretch there. Um, and another really underrated coaching job, I think, by Nate McMillan, having your best player go down middle of the season, Victor Oladipo, is mostly a death sentence to any other team in the league, really. I think Oladipo's a top five player, maybe even a top five player. And he's certainly, you know, very, very valuable So that that Pacer team. Uh, but they were able to, to win games, you know, throughout the rest of the season. They, you know, really beat up on the cupcake teams. They weren't tremendously good against these elite teams. And on the other side, I mean, the Celtics completely underachieved this year. It's really the underachievers versus the overachievers. The Celtics were picked before the season, of course, to win the East. They were a hot team. They had all kinds of young players. They were welcoming back, of course, Gordon Hayward to the lineup. Um, and so it's been a different road for both of these teams. I think I know what direction we're both going. Uh, but I just want to say that the Pacers had a, a great season. I applaud them for it. You know how much I love the Pacers. I My fantasy basketball team was Bogdanovich, Thad Young, Darren Collison, and Turner. I didn't realize you had four. I had four Pacers. Yeah. So, so and I, you know, I ended up losing in the semifinal. Or no, I ended up winning the semifinals but basically carried by four Pacers. So I do really like this Pacer team. I think they play great team defense, but I don't think they play well against the Celtics. I think the Celtics kind of have their number. In the last game they played, what it was last week, the Celtics won by 20 or so, right? Yeah, the Celtics have beaten them, I believe, twice in the last two weeks. And, and definitely that one you're talking about was a huge one. I don't remember. The it, was, it, was at, it was at Indiana as well. But yeah, I, I like the Celtics in four or five speaking of the Celtics Jalen Brown just went deep in our playoff fantasy draft I think it's a great pick uh, and a great you know player if you, if you remember last year both him Taylor Rozier and Jason Tatum completely showed out when the uh, undermanned Boston Celtics really made a scare and, and almost took out LeBron in that series I agree with you on, on, on most of what you said um, just want to reiterate what I said about the Pacers after February 1st they were 11 and 1 against non-playoff teams teams that didn't make the playoffs cupcakes they got fat by beating teams that they needed to that they should have credits their coaching i think that's remarkable but they were just five and 14 against playoff teams over their last nine weeks scoring just 106.7 points per 100 possessions in those 19 games and in these four matchups the Celtics and the pacers the Celtics scored at will scoring 117.6 points per 100 possessions uh, that was the most efficiently boston scored of course of any other team that made the playoffs. It was the most efficiently that any team scored against Indiana's third-ranked defense. So I think the Celtics can go in there and absolutely just pound them into submission. The Pacers play hard. They play great defense. I don't think we're going to have to worry about playing hard under Brad Stevens. He's going to get these guys fired up and motivated. Um, It is worth mentioning that Marcus Smart, the heart and soul of that team, I think, 
uh, is going to be out for at least the first series and maybe even into the second series. He's an irreplaceable player for them in terms of energy, in terms of leadership. Um, so I think that's going to hurt them. But, you know, obviously the Pacers have been playing undermanned the entire time. So I do have the Celtics advancing four to one. And so we agreed on all four of these Eastern Conference matchups here. So let me pull this up. We have both the Bucks playing the Celtics. This is a rematch of last year when the Celtics won the first round uh, in seven games. That was an extremely fun series. Who do you have advancing this time? I got the Bucks in six. I think that they are going to definitely want revenge against the Celtics, and I don't think Giannis can be stopped. I agree with you, and I really do think that losing Marcus Smart uh, is the death sentence for this Celtics team. Now, if they can get him back next series, uh, they could absolutely pull the series off. I really do think he's that important. I think he's worth two to three points just by himself. So that is important, I think, when he comes back to kind of check to see if that line corrected itself or not. Um, but I have the Bucks advancing relatively easily, assuming that he does not come back for that series, or at least he's not 100%. Right. I have the Bucks advancing in six as well, but I think it's going to be an easier six uh, than it appears on the surface. So we both agree with the Bucks advancing to the Eastern Conference Finals. On the other side, we both have Philadelphia going up against Toronto. What are your thoughts on this one? This one depends a lot on Embiid's health. If Embiid is healthy, I like the Sixers in six. If he's not healthy, I like the Raptors in six. Oh, wow. So it really, it truly is just Embiid. That's a long time from now. Obviously, that's about a month right. from now. Um, and, and, you know, Embiid might be totally healthy by that. We time. don't know what his knee, I mean, we don't know what his knee situation is. We don't know what injuries could happen. But if everyone is healthy on both teams, I like the Sixers. Interesting. Okay. I'm on the other side. I like the Raptors. I don't think this one's going to be particularly close. Um, the Sixers starting lineup, which is truly one of the best in the entire league with Ben Simmons, J.J. Redick, Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, and Joel Embiid. They only played in 10 of the Sixers' last 28 games uh, after the team traded for Tobias Harris in early February. Um, they just don't have a lot of minutes to gel together. They, they have played extremely well in those limited minutes they have played together. But, you know, it's the energy levels ratcheted up, of course. Uh, in the postseason, and the Raptors are just too versatile, both offensively, defensively. They've got Danny Green, who's been there before. They've got Kawhi Leonard, who's been there before. Much has been made about how playoff Kyle Lowry isn't nearly as good, but he's there. Pascal Siakam is one of the rising stars in the entire I would season. say the difference between playoff Kyle Lowry in the past and now is that they, need leaned, to carry team anymore. they leaned heavily on him and DeRozan. Exactly. exactly. But, but why? yeah, he's he might even be their fourth option. With could be Ibaka, yeah. Siakam, and Leonard, and of course the Raptors traded Mark for Marcus Sewell for these exact purposes to match up with a guy like Joel Embiid. So this is going to be a really fun matchup. Uh, but I think the Raptors advance relatively easily. I have them winning in six. Uh, it's another one of those series that I think it's going to be a little easier than it appears in the surface. Um, and I, the degree of confidence that I have the Raptors winning in is very high. I just don't think the Sixers can get this done. They don't have a lot of depth after that that stellar top five that they have. But if the Sixers are able to get this done, it wouldn't shock me because they have that star power. Um, but I do really like the Raptors to advance here. So we have a difference of opinion in that one, but it could be similar, obviously, uh, if Joel and Depending on the beat, yeah. Exactly. So let's just talk about the Eastern Conference Finals. Now, we both have the Bucks. I have them going up against the Raptors. You have them going up potentially against the three-seed Sixers. Um, let's talk about it if it was Philadelphia, if they were healthy. Give me your handicap on Sixers Bucks. I actually like the Sixers. If they are fully healthy, I like the Sixers here. If they are fully healthy and they make a finals run, you know which team it's going to remind me of? What? It's going to remind me of that Thunder team that broke through 
that lost, I believe it was in five in the finals. The in, that, yeah. in that finals. Yeah. And I thought, you know, once they got going, it's kind of how it felt this time last year where the Sixers were like, wow, giddy up. This team is playing so well. They have these young stars and they actually can break through and do this and be this team that's a dominant force for the next 10 years. Obviously, uh, for Thunder fans, it did not work out that way as they traded away, obviously, James Harden and, of course, Kevin Durant left in free agency to the Warriors. I would uh, say the biggest be difference. Very similar runs. I, I feel like the biggest difference between those two teams, though, is that these Sixers have Jimmy Butler and J.J. Redick, who are seasoned veterans, who have been in the playoffs, who understand what happens in the playoffs. Hey, don't disrespect Nick Collison. He had a long career. Yeah, Nick Collison's great, but he's not one of those two guys. You know I, what I mean? and, and those guys are, are, are great players. I mean, Tobias Harris is literally the perfect third or fourth superstar. The, the guy just shoots really well, plays terrific defense, is very quiet, is very low maintenance. Jimmy Butler is very similar on the court, but not necessarily off the court. Um, and, and so it's you, you make a very valid point, but it would remind me certainly of that team if they were able to make it. With the run. potential, yes, absolutely. I would agree. Now, this would be a really fun series. Bucks, Sixers, a lot of young superstar players. Two teams that I think are really built the right way, um, that have a lot of depth, that, that have a lot of flow to their offense. Um, it's funny, go- though, because I think they're built differently, but kind of similarly, right? The exactly. style of play. But they both, what's super fun about both teams is they have freak athletes mm-hmm. on both teams. And they have new emerging superstars that you know we didn't necessarily think of in this light. Uh, even two years, even last year, necessarily. Absolutely. That would be a fun matchup. I bo- I obviously have the Bucks facing off against the Raptors. And this one, to me, Darren, is just a total toss-up. I'm having a hard time really differentiating between these two teams. Um, they both have superstar players, MVP candidates. I think both these coaches are going to finish in the top three or four in the coach of the year voting. Uh, I think both these fan bases are ready to kind of take that next step. They've both kind of been knocking on the door there. They both have a lot of experience, but not a lot of experience. Um, the key really is, I think, if the Bucks are able to get back healthy Nikola Mirotic and healthy um, Malcolm Brogdon. Both those players are key cogs for them. And so I think it's really, really important, obviously, that they get those guys back and healthy. I think it's a two toss-up. I'm going to go ahead and take the Raptors in seven just because I trust their experience. But nothing would surprise me here. So I have the Warriors facing off against the Raptors. You have the Warriors facing off against the Sixers. I think we both think, obviously, the Warriors are going to go here um, and win this very easily. Um, yep. There's no LeBron standing their way. So we both have the Warriors winning that championship. But I do think, like I said previously, I do think this is the lowest percentage chance that the Warriors have to win the championship of any year we've seen them. I think it's still about 75 to 80% though. Yeah, yeah, I think I would agree with that. I think the best team with the highest chance to beat the Warriors is actually the Bucks. I agree. I think the Bucks match up extremely well with them and they're hungry and they play great defense. Um, but they have made the playoffs they haven't faced a team in the NBA Finals when literally the entire right. world and all the bright lights are on. Um, so, all right. So we both came to the same conclusion. We think the Warriors are going to go for their third straight NBA championship and fourth in the fifth years. We might see an entirely different Warriors team on the other side of the NBA offseason. So this could literally be the end of a dynasty for them. Even if they just lose Kevin Durant, though, they're still going to be a stellar team. So we're going to go ahead and skip on to our just a brief discussion about this league that Darren and I are both in. Uh, it's an NBA playoffs fantasy kind of league it's a best ball league which essentially means we draft the teams the total amount of points through the playoffs the end of the finals wins there's 10 teams we're about five rounds through so far my team is Jonas, pascal siakam clint capella marcus soul dennis schroeder darren's got joel Embiid. he's putting his money where his mouth is with the sixers eric bloodsoe he's got brooke lopez 
Demar Derozan and Danny Green. Just give me a, a just a brief synopsis, Darren, of kind of why you chose certain players and how you think you need it to play out for you to win this league. Yeah, so I had the sixth pick, and the first five guys were taken: KD, Steph, Harden, Giannis, Kawhi. I had the choice of going for basically Embiid, Westbrook, PG thirteen, Clay Thompson, Jokic. Boogie. You were in a tough spot with the six pick because really I think there was a big five when it comes to this. Obviously the two Warriors, of course Harden, Greek Freak, and then Kawhi. I think those are the easy top five. So you were in a tough place for sure right. with that six overall. But pick. I think Embiid overall besides – I actually really like Ben Simmons or Embiid here because I have the Sixers moving on. Mm-hmm. And I have them winning all their series. I mean you have them going to the finals potentially. So right. if that's the case, both these guys are going to be you know, tremendous right. values. Uh, in this draft, I was fortunate enough to get Giannis, who's going to be the MVP at the fourth overall pick. I couldn't believe it. I think they have at least a 50-50 shot of getting to the NBA Finals, playing a lot of games. Pascal Siakam, who a lot of people actually have as a third-team All-NBA forward. I think he's absolutely got All-NBA in his future if he's not this year. Uh, and then I took both Capella and Gasol at center because it's tough to find big men. And I didn't want to worry about that. And because actually we both like the Thunder advancing to the Western Conference Finals, yep. I took Schroeder. So I have a couple different paths, I think, to winning this one. I have, I have two Raptors. I have a buck, um, so I think I'm certainly going to get at least one player to the NBA Finals. Uh, and then on the West, obviously, it was just difficult. The Warriors had a huge run. I couldn't get any of them. I took Capella just in case they're able to knock through. Uh, and then, of course, if the Thunder make it deep, uh, I'll have Schroeder there getting uh, a fair amount of fantasy points. Yeah, so. so for me, I basically have one 76er. The 76ers, I, I wanted them. I just couldn't get them. Mm-hmm. And then I took two bucks because I have them making the Eastern Conference Finals. And I actually – if the Bucks play the Raptors. I like the Bucks to go to the finals. So that's okay. why I went with them. Yeah. I, like and then total I took uh, DeMar DeRozan just because I needed a shooting guard or small forward. And I have the Spurs yeah, this, upsetting Denver. So that's, you know, and I have them upsetting them in six. Uh, and then I took Danny Green to kind of hedge. So I kind of feel like I'll have at least one player in the finals, right? Between Embiid, my two Bucks. Danny Green. He probably will. Coming out of these, I have the exact same line of thinking. Uh, our, our viewers are probably very confused at this point. If you're interested, you can play uh, NBA best ball playoffs. I believe it's on draft. And of course, you can certainly get a league like this together. We use FanDuel scoring. Uh, it's a fun draft. It's a fun time. I, I highly recommend checking it out. Moving on to the caboose of our show, we're going to talk about what is annoying us right now. Just real quickly, Darren, so we don't annoy our viewers about what's annoying us. What is annoying you today? I keep losing my voice and I don't know why. That's what really annoys me. You got to get some tea with some honey. You got to keep your throat nice and lozenged. Uh, I, th- I think you'll figure that out. But you are a coach. You are yelling. You are talking a lot on these podcasts. That Dude, I know. am a very well-hydrated man. I drink a bunch of tea with honey. <laughs> and I, I, I eat cough drops constantly. Well, we got to figure this out. Someone's got to get to the bottom of this. Is there any listeners that are throat doctors, maybe uh, life coaches? You want to get any any advice? Any singers or voice coaches, please, please, please. That's fair. Give me a holler. <laughs> For me, what's annoying me right now, when you drive at night and the lights behind you are so bright that you can't even see, you have to squint. and you have, Sometimes I'll have to scrunch down in my seat so I can lose that light of a truck behind me or something in my rear view mirror. These lights are getting bright. They're fluorescent. They're dangerous. And I think that something needs to happen. I think somebody needs to call it out. Uh, like it is and say that these lights are just too bright you know i don't think i caused that with my honda civic and the people in front of me so don't do that behind me uh hopefully people can get a little bit less bright lights a little a little dim dimmer lights i don't know what i'm trying to say there but anyway do you think it's do you think it's when suvs are behind you because they're higher so it's like right in your mirrors 
No, because it does happen occasionally to a car. It's just you know how sometimes yeah, these some of those like more, LED new lights and exactly. stuff like that. The more modern lights are just they're they're a different shade of light. They're a little brighter. Right. right. Exactly. So that's just a PSA for all the drivers out there at night. If you enjoyed this show, which I hope you guys did, we gave you some good picks for the NBA. We're going to have a lot of discussion throughout the NBA playoffs. We're going to, of course, talk about the NFL draft coming up there. It's one of our favorite events to bet on. I know there's some good content for the NFL drafts here on the Blue Podcast Network as well. If you enjoyed the show, please give us five stars. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us, of course, at Believe.com, at Believe Podcast. For Darren, this is Sam Maxwell, episode three of Lay the Juice. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.